If you take the word of God with me, and we will go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Before Christmas, uh, we had gotten to the last phrase in the model prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we had seen that that phrase gives us the promise keeper's possessions. And that is what we're after. Uh, we want all that our Heavenly Father wants to give us. So that's how uh, the model prayer ends, reminding us of all uh, that our Father has and all that we can claim. And, um, and tonight, uh, we'd like to wrap up this series. Um, but instead of going through and, and looking at uh, an itemized list of everything that God has taught us, um, I'd just like to take a, a big picture view of, again, why the model prayer is so important and, and some big truths that stick out to me of what it does for us. And, um, and then in the weeks to come, as we're going through the Bible study, we'll get to review of specific truths that we looked at. But tonight, looking at the big picture of, of why the model prayer is so important. And so, uh, by way of introduction, a statement that I'd like to give you uh, that you could write down in your notes. The model prayer is our daily directive to standing on God's promises. It positions us to receive God's greatest rewards. So I'll say that again. The model prayer is our daily directive to standing on God's promises. It positions us to receive God's greatest rewards. It's too fast, Ms. Makai said, so I'll give it to you one more time. The model prayer is our daily directive to standing on God's promises. It positions us to receive God's greatest rewards. Now, what is a directive? Uh, if you look up this word in the dictionary, the definition you'll find, if you need it, I can give it to you afterwards. Uh, but a definition for a directive is something that serves to direct, guide, and usually impel toward an action or goal. And often it is used with government, and it is an authoritative order or instrument issued by a high-level body or official. And here we have, given to us by the highest authority of all, our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, we have a directive for how on a daily basis we can stand on God's promises and every single day be positioned to receive God's greatest rewards. How do we know this is a directive? Well, it's, it's not just a suggestion. It's not just uh, something to help. If you're struggling in prayer, try this. No, it's a command from the Lord Jesus. Here in uh, Matthew chapter 6, the Lord says in verse 9, After this manner, therefore pray ye. The Lord Jesus is not suggesting to us a way that we could or can pray. He's telling us how we must pray on a daily basis. And so let's read together uh, the whole model prayer, but let's look at the context from verse 6. The Bible says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, 
And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have taught us uh, from the model prayer, all that you've taught us about your exceeding great and precious promises. And tonight, I pray that you would remind us and encourage us once again from this passage of Scripture about what a privilege it is for us to approach your throne in prayer. I pray that you would remind us of truths that have already been brought to our attention. Show us truths for the first time. Father, please speak to us and, and remind us of what a privileged people we are to be called your children and to get to pray. Father, I ask that you would guide my tongue, that I would say only what you want me to say, nothing more and nothing less. Ask that you'd Fill me with your spirit, and please speak to us tonight and continue to teach us to pray. Without you, we can do nothing, and so we ask that you would be with us tonight, directly teaching us. In Jesus' name, amen. So what does the model prayer do for us uh, by way of review and, and, and maybe reminding us of some things that we've already seen? Number one, the model prayer emboldens us. The model prayer emboldens us. Now, how does it embolden us? Well, more than anything, it reminds us that when we come to God in prayer, we're coming to our loving Heavenly Father who knows our needs before we even come to Him, who is ready and waiting anxiously for us to enter His presence and who wants to give us good things. Just look at the context once again of the model prayer. God invites us to come to him privately, without fanfare, without show, without a bunch of uh, religious ordinances. He invites us to come to the simplest of places, to a closet, because he loves us so much and just wants to have one-on-one -on -one time with us. And knowing that the God of heaven, like we just sang, every day I'm amazed that God would want to spend time with me Remember, when you come to the model prayer, it's, it's your Heavenly Father waiting for you, inviting you into that secret place. And, and is He inviting there because He wants something out of you? No, more than anything, He wants you to come to Him so that He can reward you. And so the model prayer reminding us that it is our Father who, who loves us and wants to spend quality time with us and who knows our needs and wants to give good things to us, knowing that He is our Father emboldens us to pray. Now, as we've been looking 
through this series of Standing on the Promises, remember there's this image of a man in battle. Why is that? Because the Christian life is a battle. And every single day, the devil is fighting us. And the devil is trying to do everything he can to keep us from praying. And so often, you know what hinders our prayer and keeps us from approaching God's throne? So often, it's fear. And it's been this way since the very beginning. Ever since sin has entered the world, fear has kept man from enjoying the relationship with God that we were designed to enjoy. Just remember Adam and Eve. After they sinned, what did they do? When they should have been spending quality time with God, at that point of time of the day when he was coming to them, when they had that appointment, where were they? They were hiding. And you and I, as sinful human beings, it is natural for us to have this fear in our hearts, this tentativeness, this hesitation to approach the holy God of heaven, because we know we're sinful. But when you and I are reminded that because of Jesus Christ, God is our Father, and we are always welcome in His presence, that emboldens us. So every day, the devil is going to try to use fear to keep you from enjoying prayer. Fear that, that God's upset at you, or, or fear that God really won't hear you, or fear that you're not going to pray quite right. He's going to use fear in whatever way He can to keep us from the Lord. But if we will pray according to how Jesus taught, the model prayer will embolden us. We are approaching our loving Heavenly Father. But what else does the model prayer do? Number two, it humbles us. It's amazing. Uh, they seem like different ends of the spectrum. Uh, the devil gets a lot of us with fear. That's how he keeps us from God's throne. But then another thing he uses to an equal degree to keep us from God's throne is pride. You see, the, the number one thing that God needs to do in our lives in order to get us to the place where he can bless us is to humble us. You know, the scripture says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. God has to humble us and show us how much we need him before he can lift us up. So you know what the devil is doing? He, he's trying to keep us fearful and away from the presence of a holy God. If that doesn't work, he's trying to get us prideful where we don't think we need God. And for you and I to not invest time on a daily basis, quality time, to spend at God's throne in prayer it is the height, the pinnacle of pride. To pretend that we don't need prayer, that we don't need God, that's the pinnacle of pride. And then if the devil can get us so proud that we don't see our desperate need for daily prayer, and he's got us in his grasp. Remember, it was pride that led Adam and Eve to think that they could disobey God and get away with it. It was pride that got the devil kicked out of heaven. And so he's using pride to keep us from God's throne. But the model prayer, if we will just devote time to it, it will humble us. How will it humble us? Well, in three different ways. First of all, it shows us how inferior we are and how big God is. Can you turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 5? Ecclesiastes chapter 5. The model prayer reminds us how inferior we are and how big God is. That's how it humbles us. Remember, we begin the model prayer addressing the promise keeper by name, our Father which art in heaven. And notice 
uh, what Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes 5 regarding our position in comparison to God's. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 2, he says, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. Uh, do you find that kind of humorous? All he has to tell us is, God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. So let your words in the sight of him be few. When we really just take a few moments to consider how high and lofty God is, how, how, how much above us he is, it has a way of humbling us. Just read Isaiah 6 and Isaiah's reaction. This great prophet, this prophet who stood in king's courts, and read about his reaction when he was in the presence of the holy God of heaven. And that's what the model prayer does for us. It reminds us that we are inferior and our God is great. But how else does it humble us? It shows us how needy we are. When you come to God in prayer and you sincerely pray, give us this day our daily bread, you are acknowledging what the Lord Jesus told us in John 15, 5, that without him, we can do nothing. When you and I come to God and say, my daily bread, what I need for daily survival, I can only get from you. That has a way of humbling us. When we acknowledge that the food we eat, that the, that the air we breathe, that everything that keeps us surviving is from God, that has a way of humbling us and reminding us of how desperately we need God. How else does it humble us? It shows us how unworthy we are. Lamentations 3.22 reminds us that it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. And when you and I sincerely come to God and say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, that has a way of humbling us and reminding us that anything we get from God that is better than hell is of grace. Because hell is what we deserve to experience for all of eternity, but for the grace of God. And so every day we're reminded that we are unworthy of God's rewards and of his gifts. But by his grace, we are the recipients of them. So the model prayer, it emboldens us. It humbles us, and we all have to get to the place where we're humble before God before we can experience his blessings. But you know what else it does? It frees us. The model prayer frees us. Now, what does it free us from? Well, I think chiefly, above all, and when you read the rest of Matthew 6, you really see this come out. The model prayer frees us from anxiety. It frees us from anxiety over all of the things in life that we can't control. And it frees us from anxiety over the things we can't control so that we can focus our daily energy on what we can control. That's why it's so important for us to take time in the morning to go through the model prayer. Because if you have acknowledged that your Father is the God of heaven, that His is the kingdom, His is the power, His is the glory, He's got it all under control. And if you've acknowledged that he has promised to provide all your needs, he wants to reward you, he's going to, 
deliver you from temptation. You've acknowledged before the God of heaven that he's got everything taken care of. Then you can go throughout your day. And rather than being distracted and discouraged by anxiety over all these things in the world and in your life that you can't control, you've left them in God's hands, and now you can focus all of your energy on what God has commanded you to do. And so only prayer does that. Only prayer truly frees you to devote your daily energy to what God has given you to do. Notice in Matthew chapter 6, if you turn back there, the end of the chapter we're told, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. God wants us living one day at a time, trusting him to take care of us and obeying him with what he's given us to do today. And you and I, as finite, weak human beings, we can't hold the world upon our shoulders and survive. We can't make sure that everything in our world is perfectly taken care of. We're finite, we're weak, but our God is infinite. And the model prayer frees us from anxiety over the things we can't control, so that we can focus on what we can control. You know what? Even the world has figured out that that's the way to be productive. If you read uh, self-help books from productivity experts, you'll find a common theme in these different works that if you want to be productive, you have to focus on what's in front of you, focus on what you can control. Don't focus on the past. Don't focus on the annoying things that all the people around you are doing. Focus on what you can control. That's the only way you can be productive. But the world really has to turn a blind eye to all the things that they can't control, the things that bother them, and just kind of hope for the best. But you and I as Christians can leave all those things we can't control that aggravate us, that frustrate us, that cause us to have anxiety. We can leave them in the hands of a loving Father who promises to take care of them, and we can know that they're taken care of. And it's not a wishful type of thinking. It's not turning a blind eye. We can face life and its evils for what it is. We can acknowledge like the Lord Jesus that every day has some evil, and there's enough to last the day. Lord Jesus says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Christians are the only people that can face the evil in our world honestly without turning a blind eye to it, but yet without having anxiety over it because we can leave it in God's hands. So don't take for granted this privilege that you and I have as children of God to live lives free of anxiety. The world doesn't have this. The world has to turn a blind eye. The world has to hope for the best. Lord, uh, the world maybe focus on what they can control, um, but, but they'll never get away from the fear of what they can't control. But you and I, as children of God, can truly live free from anxiety. And it's right here in the model prayer that we get to pray every single day. And I promise you, uh, it doesn't matter with your job or with your school, uh, whatever you're involved in, you're going to be so much more productive, especially for the Lord, if you will make the model prayer a pivotal part of your life because you don't have enough energy uh, to spend on anxiety and the responsibilities that God has given you. You've got to give over the things you can't control to him and focus your energy on what he has given you to do. So the model prayer, it emboldens us, it humbles us, it frees us, and then number four, it motivates us. It motivates us. 
You know, as human beings, most of us need outside motivation, outside stimulation. Most people, the thing that motivates them to work is the fact that if they don't work, uh, they're not going to live in a very nice place or eat. Okay? That's why it's sad when the government just gives handouts to people to sit at home and not work. It takes away a God-given motivation for us to get out of bed every day and work, right? But the model prayer is something that's supposed to be built into our daily lives, motivating us to set our affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Because as human beings, we need regular reminders to set our affection on things above. Because our eyes naturally focus on what's right in front of us, the problems of today, uh, earthly pursuits, and every single day, we need to have our eyes reset and refocus on the God of heaven and his plans for us. You see this theme all throughout scripture. Deuteronomy is written over and over, and it's Moses is telling the people, don't forget what God has done for you. Don't forget what God has told you to do. Don't forget what happened to those who disobey God. Don't forget. And there's constant reminders all throughout Scripture because we need to be reminded. We tend to be forgetful. The Apostle Peter, in his last words to the people he loved in the book of 2 Peter, he said, I want to stir you up by way of remembrance. You know, he had lived long enough, he had pastored long enough to see that people tend to forget. We don't get saved and then always remember uh, how glorious this salvation is. We have to be reminded constantly. And the model prayer is something that's supposed to be built into our daily life that is reminding us of what God has done for us and where our focus should be. And it motivates us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Later in chapter 6, that's what the Lord Jesus tells us to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And if you and I will take time every single morning, and with our hearts we actually pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My primary objective today is to bring glory to your name. Thy kingdom come. Every single day, we're reminding ourselves that our lives are not for what is temporary. Our lives are not for what's on this earth. This earth, this world, and the lust thereof is going to pass away and burn up. But you and I, because we're such finite creatures, we get so focused on the here and now, and we miss the big picture. So God has given us the model prayer so that daily we are reminded it's not about the kingdoms of this world. It's not about this earth that's going to pass away and burn up. It's about my kingdom that is coming. That's what you're living for, and that's what can continue to motivate you to seek me first. Let's implement the model prayer every single day. It will motivate us to set our affection on things above. So That's what the model prayer does for us, those four things. And this is how we need to respond. Here are three things I believe all of us should do in response to what God has given us here in the model prayer. Number one, it's very simple, and this is what uh, we were encouraged to do at the beginning of this series, but number one, every single one of us needs to commit time every day for the model prayer. 
You cannot honestly pray, give us this day our daily bread. You cannot honestly acknowledge to God that you desperately need Him for everything in life and not pray according to this pattern every single day. We can't be hit or miss. We can't just pray a few times a week. Every single day we are in a battle. Every single day the devil is after us. And every single day our Heavenly Father wants to reward us and wants to involve us in His eternal plan. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on God's greatest rewards. I don't want to miss my appointment with Him in the morning because of fear or because of pride or because of some kind of anxiety. I want in on what God wants to give me, and I know you do too. So every single day, we must commit time to praying as Jesus taught. Remember, this is a directive. This is not just something uh, that Pastor Tyler likes to do. This is something that the Lord Jesus Christ has commanded us to do. And we are going to be held accountable for whether or not we obey Him in implementing this into our daily lives. So we've got to commit time every day for the model prayer. And aren't you glad... The Lord Jesus gave this prayer to us, and it's only, what is it, one, two, three, four, five verses. He could have said, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, and given us something like Psalm 119, okay? And it could have been hundreds of verses that we need to pray according to. But the Lord Jesus kept it simple. And this doesn't have to take forever. Everyone in this room has a very busy life, has so many demands, and so many things pressing upon your schedule. But I love the quote that I, I, I read recently. And this man said, I'm too busy not to pray. And you and I, we're too busy not to pray. We have too many demands on our lives not to enlist God's help. And so carve out time, even if in the morning it's just 10 minutes. That's the most valuable 10 minutes of your day. And start slow. If you determine tomorrow, I'm going to pray an hour every morning. That might not go super well, and you might end up being discouraged. But take it slow. This is just five verses. The Lord Jesus kept it simple for us. But determine that no matter what happens, you are going to commit time every day to the model prayer. And don't let the devil deceive you, because here's what the devil will do. We miss our appointment with God in the morning. So then we throw our hands up and say, oh, I, I missed it today. I guess I'll have to just wait till tomorrow. God is... Uh, God is omnipresent. You can pray anywhere, anytime. You can go through the model prayer even in a matter of seconds if that's all you're able to do. So don't let the devil fool you into missing this, uh, into skipping this model prayer if you miss the original time you intended. So if you're, if you're planning to pray at 7.30 every morning and you miss it, don't be discouraged. Pray at lunch or pray that evening. But don't let anything come between you and your God, set aside time every day for the model prayer. Better late than never. If you miss it in the morning, do it at lunch or do it in the evening. But every single day, we've desperately got to get before God and go through the model prayer. Number two, responding to the model prayer. We need to discipline ourselves to develop a biblical mindset about prayer. Discipline ourselves to develop a biblical mindset about prayer. Here's what the devil's going to try to get you and I to do. Uh, he's going to try to fool us with. So we commit time to pray every day. And then we come to prayer and we have a handout we got at church. 
We have all this that we've learned, and the devil's going to say something like this. Man, this feels like homework, doesn't it? Or he's going to say, man, this feels like a chore. Or he's going to say, man, does this really do any good? Or maybe we, we feel awkward at first, or it's not going very well, and then he'll say something like, man, you're terrible at this praying thing. You should just give up. So he's going to throw all of these different kinds of lies at us to discourage us from praying. But you and I, if we will discipline ourselves to have a biblical mindset about prayer, we can cast away those lies that the devil throws at us, and we can keep our eyes focused on what prayer really is. Two things. Every time you go to God in prayer, keep your mind focused. This is what you're doing. Two things, okay? You're going to the throne of your loving Father who promises to reward you. So just very simply, right, your Father wants to reward you, okay? That's a pretty awesome uh, motivation for coming before his throne on a daily basis. The person I'm going to wants to reward me. It's like if you had a neighbor who said, every morning, come by my house and I'll have fresh banana bread. Or you just fill in the blank with your favorite snack or whatever it is. <laughs> every morning, just come by. It'll be there, hot and ready. What a fool we'd be not to go by and grab the banana bread. It's right there, okay? And, and so our God is sitting in heaven with rewards beyond what we can imagine, ready to dispense them in the here and now, but in a, in a much greater degree for all of eternity. He's ready and waiting to give them to us if we will just come before him. But the devil hurls lie after lie after lie, trying to get us to have the wrong view of prayer, to look at it like a chore, to look at it like homework, to look at it like a religious duty. We are going to someone who just wants to reward us and give us good things. That's what we're doing. And if we will just discipline ourselves to look at prayer the way the Bible has described it, we can get past the devil's lies and get to the throne of our Father. But I promise you, these lies are going to come. And you're going to have to choose to cast away those lies and think the truth. Your Father is a loving Father who wants to reward you. And you have to choose to believe that. And you can't let the devil deceive you into missing these golden opportunities every day to come before your Father. So keep that in mind. Your Father wants to reward you. And then number two, He promises to supply all your needs. So why are we praying? Why are we implementing the model prayer? Is it because our God wants to infringe upon our schedules and, and make us do difficult things and make our schedules, which are already so busy, even, even busier? No. He wants to reward you, and he promises to supply all your needs. And every single one of us, we have needs. And if we will just take the time to go to the one who can actually do something about it, you and I can see our needs met on a daily basis. You're not doing this because it's a chore. You're not doing this because it's a religious ritual. You're not doing this because it's homework. You're simply going to God because he wants to reward you and he wants to supply all your needs. And you have got to discipline yourself to think about prayer this way. And it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to feel like it. You know, some mornings you may not be hungry for banana bread, but God has something for it you might not be hungry for in that moment, but it's better than you can imagine. And so this leads right into number three. So we've got to commit time every day 
for the model of prayer. Number two, discipline ourselves to think biblically or develop a biblical mindset about prayer. And then number three, and I'm sorry this isn't a very refined language, but I think it'll get the point across. Chuck your feelings and excuses out the window. Chuck your feelings and excuses out the window. Every single day when you get up to pray, I, I, think, I think it's probably something like nine times out of ten. If I'm honest with you, when it's my time to pray in the morning, I do not feel like praying. Is there anyone else honest enough to admit that a lot of the time, inside your emotion, you might not feel like praying? You can be honest. Admit with me. Okay? That is normal. And you know why that is? Because the devil will fight you in this area of prayer, I believe, more than any other area in your life. So when you get to pray, when you say, oh, it's my prayer time, you are sounding an alarm to the devil. Come at me. Fight me on this issue. Make me feel terrible for making this decision to pray. You're sounding an alarm to the devil to come after you when you determine to spend time in prayer. And so for you and I to be waiting the rest of our lives for this ushy-gushy amazing feeling every single morning that's going to rise up inside us and make us want to pray, or we're going to be waiting our whole lives to develop this life of prayer. Because every single day the devil's going to meet you and he's going to assault you with a barrage of lies to keep you from praying. He's going to get at your emotions and he's going to use your deceitful heart to try to keep you from praying. So what you and I have to do is we have to chuck those feelings and emotions out the window. How we feel, the excuse and lie the devil brings to us every single morning, they have no bearing on what God has commanded us to do. It doesn't matter if we feel like it. It doesn't matter what the devil, what excuses he brings our way. We've always got to keep our appointment with the Lord Jesus Christ. Those feelings and excuses come Chuck them out the window. The Bible literally says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And you are going to have to take serious action against these lies of the devil and the emotions that he brings to you to try to keep you from praying. You know, a long time ago, uh, used to men would have to walk on a certain side of the sidewalk to protect the lady they were walking from from trash that would be coming overhead. Because back then, uh, their trash system was to chuck it out the window. I believe this is back in Europe, okay? Well, that's the image that you need to have in your mind when you go to prayer. When you kneel, the devil's going to be chucking all kinds of trashy feelings and lies at you to keep you from praying. And you're going to have to chuck them out the window and say, God, I'm keeping my commitment to prayer because you want to reward me and you want to meet all my needs and develop this biblical mindset about prayer. And over time, maybe initially that spiritual battle, you don't feel like it, but it won't be long when you start praying until you start enjoying it. And especially if you begin your prayer time with a song, uh, focus on your Heavenly Father, the feelings will come. Feelings are a gift from God, and prayer isn't always going to be miserable. But if it's distracting you or keeping you from keeping this commitment to prayer, just chuck the feelings out the window and obey God's directive to pray according to the model prayer. So that's what I feel the Lord challenging us to do. And Brother Abel has a handout with how we can begin doing this. 
Uh, I know we've, we've given out a handout for the model prayer before, and if you're using that or if you used it in the past and it's helped you, please keep doing so. Um, but I believe this will help us connect our daily Bible reading uh, with our daily prayer time. I think one thing that really hinders our walks with the Lord is when we divorce Bible reading prayer times as if they're totally separate things. When really God wants them to be like a conversation. He speaks to us and we respond to him. And so if you take this home, you can let this be a tool to help you apply what you've learned with the model prayer. And so uh, just go through this and kind of explain. Again, this is a tool. It's not homework. It's not supposed to be a burden. It's not supposed to be something where you feel this oppressive weight on you to make sure you get through every bullet point. It's just supposed to be a help. So if it helps you, great. Um, if, if it's becoming more of a hindrance, um, then just stick to exactly what the Lord Jesus said at, uh, in Matthew 6, 9, 13, and go from there. But hopefully this will help you. And so what I'll encourage you to do, if you're going through the machine plan, if you're doing the two-year, you're reading two chapters. If you're doing the four-year, you're doing four chapters. Read or listen to Scripture. Just let God speak to you first. Then, when your Bible reading is done, go through this and just respond to God about what you've read. So the model prayer begins, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So as you're sitting there at the beginning of prayer, and the beginning of prayer is the hardest part. Getting going is the most difficult part. Sometimes it takes a while. But at the beginning, when you're trying to get going, you're trying to talk to the Lord, think about something that he has revealed to you about himself. And thank him for being whatever he's revealed. So maybe you read a certain name of God that morning that spoke to you. You can thank God for being Jehovah Jireh, the, the Lord who provides, or the Lord of hosts who you know has all power, whatever it is. Thank God according to that name and praise him for it. Maybe a song will come to mind that goes along with something that you read. And then you can sing it to the Lord. But now... Uh, you're taking what you've read in Scripture and you're responding directly to it. And I think this model prayer handout will be more effective than previous one because notice, it has all these blanks. And so every single day, our prayer time, we're not repeating the same old things over and over. The language is changing because God is speaking to us every single day. You don't have the same conversations uh, with your spouse or your children or your friends over and over. You don't pick up a piece of paper and repeat this dialogue like you're practicing for a play. And it shouldn't be like that with God either. And so the last thing we want to do is uh, for the model prayer to become vain repetitions, like Jesus said it shouldn't be. And so this allows us to follow the pattern that Jesus set, uh, but we're responding in different ways each day according to what God has spoken to us about. Then you get to thy kingdom come, and then you can say something to the Lord I'm looking forward to the Lord Jesus' return. I'm looking forward to his kingdom because, and maybe you read something about how when the Lord Jesus comes, everything will be at peace, and he will rule with a rod of iron, and he will be the only ruler. And you can tell the Lord, I'm looking forward to this about your kingdom. And by doing that, you're setting your affection on things above. Then you get to thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And maybe God revealed to you something about his will a command that you need to obey, and here's your opportunity to respond and to tell him, I'm going to obey what you have revealed to me. 
Keep going through this. Give us this day our daily bread. And here's where you can claim promises. You came across a promise in Scripture um, that God will supply all your need, and you have a need, and, and you claim that promise right then and there. You're responding to how God has spoken to you. Maybe you read about a Bible character who God helped in a miraculous way, and you tell God, you helped Joseph, or you helped Moses. I believe you can help me. Will you help me, Lord? And the Lord loves that when we take what he wrote and we bring it back to him in prayer. Uh, then you can focus on how the Lord Jesus, the bread of life. Maybe you found something in scripture about how the Lord Jesus meets a need in our lives. He gives us forgiveness or he gives us grace or strength. And then you claim that in prayer. Then we go to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Every day as we read scripture, we should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit reproving us about things because the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, righteousness. So you can respond to God about some area of your life that he has reproved, and then you can claim his promise for forgiveness. Maybe the Lord reveals to you in your Bible reading that there's someone in your life that you need to forgive. You read about Joseph and how he forgave all of his brothers and sold them into slavery, and there's someone in your life you're having a hard time forgiving. But you've been convicted about it by the example of Joseph, Joseph, and you respond to God about that. Then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, all throughout Scripture, we read about people who are made of the same flesh and blood as we are, who face the same type of temptation. And when we read of them, that can be reminders to us to pray for God to deliver us from similar temptations and evil. Then maybe God reveals in Scripture a way that you can have victory over a besetting sin. And so you claim that victory in prayer. Then finally, we finish with, Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And this is very important. Don't, for, don't skip this part of the model prayer. We've highlighted these three sections because they're kind of the headings for the model prayer. Who we're talking to, how he promises prior our daily needs, and then here at the end, we focus on his kingdom, his power, and his glory. So express your desire for his kingdom and his righteousness and give thanks to him as your generous and almighty father. When you and I get up from prayer every day, at the end of the model prayer, that is when we should be feeling some triumph, when we should be feeling some confidence. Now, we shouldn't stake our claim on that. We shouldn't always uh, be looking for that and, and, and focus overly on our feelings. I guarantee if if you follow the model prayer and you get to the end and you're praying with your heart, God's going to give you uh, some confident assurances that he's heard your prayer. And as we rise from prayer, there should be a confidence in our heart and a thankfulness to our Father uh, who has the kingdom, the power, and the glory. So I hope that helps as we commit to, to implement the model prayer into our daily lives. Hopefully this will be a help. And if all that you get through on this paper, now we definitely need to go through the whole model prayer, but if all that you specifically get through from your Bible reading is this top part about what God has revealed to you, this, this handout will be worth it. Okay, If that's all you get through from your Bible reading, God, what did you reveal to me today about yourself? That is the purpose of Bible reading, to get to know God better. And so if that's all you get through, and then you have to go through the rest of the model prayer, uh, maybe a little bit more quickly, or, or maybe not specifically with what you read in Scripture, uh, I, think, I think you're going to see a noticeable improvement. And so